We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Kirk Anderson and Josh Bow coming to you at about 8.30 on Friday night, April 1st. The Dallas Mavericks uh, just got throttled by the Washington Wizards, uh, 135 to 103. How are you doing, Josh? <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. I don't like feeling like, you know, wasting. A, you know, we, me and you both work pretty stressful day jobs in addition to doing Mavs Moneyball work, I would say. You know, we we both work we definitely work more than 40 hours a week for our uh our our day jobs and then we do his map stuff basically in the hours after that. So it's very the only time this gig becomes like really actually difficult is when it feels like the Mavericks waste uh, a weeknight or like a night you could have been doing anything else uh and to have a friday night wasted like this well i got i got a stat for you and i bet you didn't know this okay dallas mavericks have now lost three straight friday nights god damn i was gonna say i feel like i've made this point mm-hmm. multiple times this season yep. and you're right double digit losses all three of them that's and i don't you know i mean there's nothing to like that's that's just right. sort of a, a jumping off point because right. One of the things that's really plagued these Mavericks since the Spencer Dinwiddie trade is that when they get beat, they get their asses beat. Like it's not a it's not a slight thing. There was a five point loss to Utah right out of the All Star break, which that was a tough game. Thirty yeah, thirty point loss. No, is that a forty point loss? Can I just not do math? That's a it's a a huge loss to the to the Knicks. They got destroyed by the Sixers, even though it was a ten point margin of victory. Destroyed by the Charlotte Hornets and destroyed by the Minnesota Timberwolves before getting their asses beat tonight by by the um, Washington Wizards. Their net rating over their last 20 games sucks because of this. Yeah, I believe their defense going into this game in the last two weeks, according to Cleaning the Glass, was like 20th in the league. I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head. I mean, I can look it up while we're talking later. But yeah, that's not going <laughs> – that's not helping um, after tonight's game. Um 
I don't know what to talk about specifically about this game. I just had two, like I had two things I wanted to make sure we talked about because sure. I have to imagine that this is not going to be the longest podcast. Yeah. Um, one is uh, if I doing the, if I'm re- if I'm counting correctly, since the All Star break, the Mavericks have four double digit wins and now five double digit losses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll I'll do you know when you're talking or, or later on, I'll I'll recount it, but that's what I counted before we got on. And like, I don't know what's like. I don't. I'm not trying to like. This isn't like a doom and gloom. Like, I'm not trying to make some broader point. So no one yell at me about me being too negative or anything like that. I'm not. That's not where I'm going with this. It's just. It just feels like an interesting thing, you know. Just when we're trying to evaluate how the team has played since the All Star break, because they've really had some tremendous wins, and it's not like the wins that they've had are against you know powder yeah. puff opponent like you yeah, know they've had some really good wins yeah so it, it i'm trying to reconcile that with the fact that you know it's not necessarily good that you've been blown out more than you've blown out teams in a, in a long stretch of play because you know kirk i think you've you've made this point and you've talked to smart nba people that say that's really that's a really good uh predictor for postseason success like how good is the team really well, it's how often do they avoid getting blown out and how often do they, you know, demolish teams? Like that's, I think there's some data and trends there that that, that are pretty predictive for the playoffs. So I'm not saying like, you know, the Mavericks are doomed. Uh, it, it is another like humble reminder that, you know, the team still has some work to do and there's still some things that, that could be exploited in the playoffs and they need to be on top of their game. But it doesn't discount, like this doesn't take away from like beating Boston and Brooklyn back to back and beating Minnesota. Right. Uh, and beating Utah twice, and you know, like, and beating Golden State twice. Like, I mean, the Mavericks still have some really great wins. It's just, I'm just confused. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Do you? Do you have anything? I mean, what I have to make of it is the same. It goes back to the criticism we have leveled against this team for three years. They need more good players. Okay, when you have Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson scoring the vast majority of the points, because it's What's 21 plus plus 36? I mean, it's it's all the points in the world. It, yeah, 57 of your 103. 57 of your 103 points. And then you have – you get no-shows from Kleba, from Dorian. Because Dorian – like, don't, Dorian's stat line's a little bit misleading. It says he has eight points. He had zero points, like, up until, like, the middle of third quarter. Um, you know, Marquise Chris was terrible. Bullock was two of eight after being incandescent for the previous three games. It's, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie was awful. I mean, awful. Spencer was, I was getting friends from Wizards, uh, uh, messages from Wizards friends being like, this is the Spencer we saw. You know, eight points in 23 minutes on on two of six shooting and missed all his three-pointers and traveled one. He had three turnovers, just kind of sloppy. And when the Mavericks are clicking, they're a really well-oiled machine. But the blowout losses give pause to the wonderful feelings. That's not to say that I think they're bad. I don't. I think they're playing a little above their weight class, and that's fine because who cares? It's about getting to the playoffs. That's all it's about. You know, this team is not on the level of the Phoenix Suns, and that's fine. You know, Memphis might have won, you know, 19 games without John Morant. I still think the Mavericks can kick Memphis's ass in a playoff series. I don't care about the rebounding disadvantage. Basketball is played on the court. And so these losses do not over 
overtake the wins because they've had some incredible wins. It just gives you some concern and plants seeds of doubt to say, okay, are they as good as we think they are? And my buddy, Matt Moore, who lost his mind on Twitter yesterday about Luca and Ja, I don't know why that's a different discussion for a different day, but he made a point where he said, even some Mavs fans don't entirely understand how they're winning. He's talking about me. I'm Mavs fans. Okay. And if you all are out there saying, I understand how they're winning all these games, I don't entirely believe you because two Spencer Dinwiddie game winners and things feel slightly different, not worse, not awful, but different. Is this team more likely a five seed than a three seed? Yes. Yes. The net ratings point to that. Like just, let's just go look at at, at the Western conference net ratings real quick out, out there. And, and, and well, the point differential. Okay. The, the Suns are plus 0.84, the Grizzlies 0.63, the Golden State Warriors plus 5, the Mavericks plus 2.4, the Jazz 5.6, and then so on. And I'm sorry, so it's like, guys, over the course of the year, the body of work matters. And since the Mavericks have had Spencer Dinwiddie, their offense has been a lot more fun and their defense has been worse. That's just the truth. Now, not awful, but no longer top 10, top they're top 15, for example, on defense. They're they're top 12 this month, though this game's probably uh, – I'm sorry, in March. They were they were 12th overall. The last two weeks, they were actually 22nd, as you pointed out. So it, it's just they need, they need to be in the right headspace. They need to be rested because I think everybody's pretty tired. And, you know, you just look at this game and go, hmm, this sort of stinks. And you move on to the next one. I, I – I'm looking like the green room after I'm sure is going to be all kinds of heated. And I, I get it because I get this way. I, I live and die on losses too. But the reason the point differential matters is because like we have enough sample size in basketball history to indicate that point differential is a very good indicator of how good a team is. Okay. That's all. That's all I mean by that. Can Or am I, am I getting that wrong? Or what do you think, Josh? No, no, you're right. That's a good, it's historical. It doesn't mean that it's set in stone and doesn't mean surprises happen, but uh, I'll, put it, to, I'll put it to people like this. Yeah. They probably won three more games than they should have, which fine. Who cares? That's like, really, I'm glad they won them. That's really funny that you say that because I'm on cleaning the glass right now. And what's really nice about this site, not to uh, do a free ad uh, for, for the site, but it updates like almost right after a game. Like it's already got the Mavs data from this game in it. It's really funny that you said they probably won three more games than they should, because according to cleaning the glass, their expected win formula for Dallas is 45.8 wins. And uh, what it's what's expected, what's actually going to happen, what's likely happening is, is 48.1. Or they're already at 48. They're at 48 yeah. right now. So that's really funny uh, that yeah. you said that. Uh, but also, you look at, you know, looking at cleaning the glass uh, after this game, the Mavericks net rating over the last two weeks is minus 1.8. They're ninth in the league in offense last two weeks, and they're 25th in defense the last Which two weeks. Which is hilarious. So, so if you were to go through their record their last two weeks, those five and the, four the losses they're six and no i'm sorry five they and are four. six and four i think over the last two weeks is that about right uh five and four five and four okay so they have a negative net rating but they've won more games <laughs> yep. so at the end of it we don't really care because the one like the winning more games is important it's just i will say that there are going to be certain matchups you know it's why we're like i think everybody's really concerned about the matchup hunting for the playoffs because you know 
things could go sideways at the wrong moment. Like the 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 Jazz could get their shit together and just caught, like clean the clocks of the Mavericks. Now I don't think that's going to happen, but it's just there's those sorts of things give you pause about all the success we've had. Is all. Yeah, and it's you know maybe it's just like a nice little reminder that hey you know this is what this is just something that could happen. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't it's I feel like it's the only point I can make. And the thing is is it's not just like I said, they this is their third game in four nights. I believe all three of these games were in a different city, LA at home, at Cleveland, at Washington. So like there's context to why they lost, but the thing that just is boggles my mind is just how they like it's one thing to lose, but to lose to this Wizards team by 30 plus. And the and not only was it 30 plus, but I mean there was never a moment where it felt like the Mavericks were really gonna win this game. They had a couple of runs, but their best run of the game got the score to like 13 in the in late in the third quarter. Yeah. So uh that's what's weird. Like this wash they, they lose by 30 plus to Washington. Their last loss was 20 plus to Minnesota. Their last loss before that was the second night of a back-to-back, which you can understand. But again, it was another it was a 21-point loss. Like it's just weird that none of these losses have been close in the last two weeks. Like when they, like you said, when they lose, they really, uh, they really lose. So I don't know, maybe it's better. They get it all out of their system uh, instead of maybe stretching it out over a couple games, but yeah, it's weird. I don't want to harp on it too much, but I just, I just didn't really know what to make of it. Well, okay. So there are a couple of things that I would sort of like to not harp on, but sort of discuss. One thing I don't understand recently is why the defense is so bad. Because the defense has been bad for a while. So it's like, it's one thing to get bombed to death from three, which is partially what happened tonight. But they also weren't closing out on guys from three either. It, it, it Like said, they were 17 of 33 from behind the arc. I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I feel like the guys are just ground down to a degree. Yeah. And another point of this is why are the Mavericks so bad at revenge games? I mean, <laughs> since think about it, since the Mavericks traded Harrison Barnes to the Kings, think about how many times the Kings, who are bad, have beaten the Mavs. They beat them three times last season. They beat them once this season, and they should have beat them twice, but they had to overcome like a a twenty point uh, deficit to win by by one point. Think about how many embarrassing losses to the Knicks they've had since the Kristaps Porzingis trade. And now they trade Przingis again, and and then and his team just destroyed. Like it's so weird. Like uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, a really a fan or, or or you know a follower made a really good point that like fans, there's so much player movement and the way guys are being brought up in the NBA that fans definitely care more about these like revenge games and and players switching teams than the players actually do. And I totally buy that. Yeah. But like the trend is still bizarre. Like they just they're losing these games and they're getting blown out. Like, it's just, it's weird. That's another thing that's like, I don't, I don't know if there's anything greater to it. It's just like a, a a bad fun fact. I just don't, I just don't understand it. Well, the other question that I had, and I missed this because my kid called me upstairs. It was like middle of bedtime stuff. Why did Jason kid get ejected? Why did he choose now out of all the times? Like what was happening? Um, well, (laughs) The Tony brothers put on a little bit of a ref show. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie had a play uh, where he kind of made a jump stop uh, near the rim. He got pushed in the back. And as and since he got pushed, he slid. And the refs, instead of calling the push, called travel. He was very hot about that. He argued that a couple of possessions up and down the court until finally he got a tee. And then Kid got a tee, I think, defending Dinwiddie. 
And then I don't know what the second one was. Like, he wasn't, like, Kid, you I mean, come on, we know Kid. He's, he's like, the most passive, you know, docile well, coach question, I've ever seen on like, the side. the hills to die on. It's like, yeah. you're going to do it now? I wonder if it was just like, hey, this like this team sucks. I don't want to watch him play. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure Tony Brothers is the same referee who threw out Austin Rivers the other night for the yes. phantom elbow. Yeah. So Tony it, Brothers is a is a is a clown show so right so i think that's more what it has that's that's probably the more logical explanation i mean if you watch the replay obviously we don't know what kid said but he was very i mean he was kid he wasn't very aggressive or or angry or hostile so i don't know i have no idea what it was yeah yeah okay well that's good to know so i just came down and ever like i had a bunch of direct messages and i'm like what did i miss it's like oh yeah kid's gone and so then our last bone to pick and this is a real thing. This is a real thing. And this is a legitimate criticism. So everybody who wants to give the coaching staff all their flowers for how well they've done this year, do it. Because I think it's valid. One thing I will nitpick about, and this is actually much more than a nitpick, is get the fucking starters out of the game. We've got to play again in like 36 hours against one of the best teams in the league. Clear the benches. They never clear the benches. What is happening? Dude, I'm looking at... Brunson played 36 minutes in a game that was never close. I don't, I, I could not believe it. Uh, especially, you know, like it's like five minutes are left in the game and they're down 25 and there's not even at first I was like, all right, is it because he sent someone to the scores table and there just hasn't been a stop? No, there wasn't anyone at the scores table. <laughs> uh, Reggie Bullock played four minutes in the fourth quarter. Dorian Finney Smith played 849. Luca played 548 and Brunson played 849. How do you play them in? How do you play your starters that many minutes in a game you're losing by 25 in the fourth quarter? That is, that's coaching malpractice. Like you can't do that. Uh, they didn't come out of the game until three minutes until three minutes were left. And what was so bizarre was that then after they sent the subs to the uh, to the scores table, the Mavs had I think two or three timeouts left. The the players sat at the scores table for like two or three more possessions. Like call a timeout. What are you doing? Like yeah. I don't get it. No, that's, that's so and like stupid. that's bad coaching. Yeah, like we're just so gonna stupid. say that that's bad coaching by the coaching staff. Like, call it. You've got two timeouts in a twenty-five point game. Call a timeout and get your guys out of there. You're like, already getting beat get like you stole something. At that yeah. point, who cares? It certainly didn't make a difference in the margin. No, it got worse. Could you imagine if Lucas sprained an ankle in the fourth quarter? Well, I, mean, I mean, so so let's just Jesus. let's just peel this way back. When Luca got hurt the first time. At the beginning of the season, he was in the game at a point he shouldn't have fucking been in against oh, the man. Nuggets. Oh man, I don't even remember that. It was the Denver Nuggets. It was an ankle sprain when the game was out of touch, out of reach, and he got rolled up under by Austin Rivers. Ah, uh, that's right. <laughs> and he had no business being in the game at that point. I wonder if that's a. I wonder if this is like a Luca thing, like he doesn't want to come out. But there's I mean, again, probably, there's yeah. probably something there because the man likes his counting stats. But it's like it's as a collective thing. What are we doing? Yeah, it's probably one of those given. It's probably one of those things that goes back to the Rick first kid mentality. And I wonder if it's just a thing where like Rick would have done this, and players don't like it. So the coaching staff is just a little bit more hands off in terms of how you know how strict they are with coaching decisions. And I wonder if this is just a byproduct of that. Probably. I mean, it's 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 a thing that annoys us. It's right. not the end of the world. It's just one of these things where it's It'll- like. It'll be the end of the world if Lucas sprains an ankle in the yes. next two weeks. And, yes, and, the and playoffs. as they look so damn dog tired when they right. play the Bucks. I mean, right now they play the Bucks Sunday at noon. The Mavericks just traditionally, in my memory, just don't play very well in these afternoon games. And it's 
I don't know. And we're kicking a dead horse. This is a crappy game. Yep, On to the next one. Um, we actually have a pretty good amount of content up at the site coming this weekend. <laughs> There's been some interesting stuff that bounced around news-wise that we're going to post tomorrow. I mean, none of it's, you know, by all you hardcore match fans will know. Um, we have a really good, I love our, we, we convinced our guy Ian Miller to do uh, a, a draft conversation with our other guy, Jordan. And I really love when they talk about prospects. You know, it's a big NCAA weekend. Um, you know, we'll be back Sunday with a, pr- a pretty good amount of stuff. The timing on podcast stuff, I have a feeling we might wait till nighttime because both you and I have children. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and my wife is never very pleased whenever I do this stuff in the middle of the day. <clears throat> so you got anything else? No, nah, let's get out of here. All right, Kirk Anderson, Josh Bowe, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you guys soon.